all fired up. Uh, yeah, we're in this uh, series, If, and we've been asking the different questions. You know, what if you started living like you're dying? I mean, what if you started living with urgency in your life, with passion? You know, what if we were to live sacrificially? You know, what if? What if? I mean, what if we started making the use of every God-given opportunity that comes our way? You see, if is full of possibilities. If, I believe, will change the way you see things around you. If is very defining and it is liberating. You know, the Apostle Paul says, says this. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every, what? Opportunity, because the days are evil. See, I believe there comes a time when everything falls in line. You know, what if, what if, you know, what if God has a plan for your life? What if God wants to use you in a bold way, in ways that are greater than you ever dreamed or imagined in your life? And here's the problem, I think. Too many of you are living with your eyes shut and closed. You're going day to day. You know, too many of you, because you made a few mistakes, you believe, well, God could never use me. But here's what I want to pose to you. What if you are exactly where God wants you? See, you may think that your failures, your, your mistakes, that they rule you out. But what if? What if you're to, to live your life and learn from your mistakes? I mean, what if the deepest hurts really are healed by faith? I mean, what if? What if? See, I believe our God is big. Our God's amazing and and gracious and powerful and that God wants to use you. God wants to bless you. But you've got to open your eyes. You've got to get fired up. You know, you've got to seize the opportunities that God puts before you. Paul writes this. He says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God's prepared for those who love him. Today what I want to do, I want to look at a young man. He's a, he's a young farmer. His name's Gideon. And I want to look at the process that God used to change him and change his life and change a nation. You know, from this guy who initially he's kind of living life with his eyes closed, but he becomes a guy that sees new possibilities in his life. You know, he goes from a guy looking for all the reasons why God could not use him to becoming a guy that's looking for signs in his life, and he gets all fired up about it. And just a a little history here, Israel is at an all-time low. You know, spiritually, the people, uh, their faith, it's weak. 
They're wavering. The economy's collapsed. Uh, food's scarce. The Midianites have invaded the land. There are over 135,000 enemy that have come into Israel, and they, they've, they've taken over, basically. And so when we meet Gideon at first, he's hiding in a wine press. He's looking for food. He's scavenging. And so Gideon, Gideon's afraid. He's defeated. He's insecure. He's inadequate. He has what I believe psychologists would say inferiority complex. Scripture says this, it says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiarite. And as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide from the Midianites, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. This moment's full of all kinds of irony because... Gideon is hiding. He's afraid. The angel says to him and calls out and says, Mighty warrior. I imagine Gideon's like, You talking to me? You know? God always starts in your life and mine with encouragement. See, God sees potential that he wants you to see in your life. God wants you to get a new view of you before you begin the the journey, so to speak. See, God is pointing out Gideon's potential when he says, mighty warrior. See, he wants him to understand who he is. That's the God-given potential that he's got. He wants him to see it. Have you ever felt like that in your life? And scripture says, without vision, the people perish. God's affirming Gideon, mighty warrior. Gideon's like, you got the wrong guy. Yeah, I'm mighty scared, but I'm not a warrior. Gideon is looking at the impossibilities in his life. Scripture says, Gideon answered him, but sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all of his wonderful wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and given us into the hands of the Midians. Gideon feels weak. He feels defeated. I I think Gideon's got this kind of victim mentality at at this point. Says, then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hands of the Midian. I hereby commission you. He responded, But sir, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. Friends, when you have an opportunity, a God-given opportunity in your life, excuses will abound. They'll pop into your brain and you will have a pile of them. You know, Gideon, Gideon's like, you got the wrong place, God. You know, 
I'm from this little tiny village of Ophrah. You know, in the Hebrew, uh, it means place of dustiness, all right? Gideon's trying to make a point as he's talking to the Lord. He's like, you know, you don't launch a national campaign from a little obscure village like this, you know? You've got the wrong family. He says, my, my, my clan, they're, they're the smallest clan. They don't have it. We don't have financial backing. We're weak, you know? And not only, I mean, maybe you got the right clan, but you got the wrong guy. I'm not the one. You know, I'm, I'm too young. I'm inexperienced. I, I'm the weakest in my family. And when I read that, I think, well, that's how it is with us because so many times you miss God-given opportunities. You miss God's plan because you can't see yourself doing it. You can't see yourself in the role. You can't see yourself... Is that dynamic Christian or leader or whatever? You know, you can't, can't see yourself, and, and so you don't seize the opportunity. You freeze up. We seize up. I don't think so. Can't do that. But God whispers in those moments. You can be more. You underestimate your potential. See, Gideon, Gideon's living his life with his eyes closed. And God pushes back at him. See, God wants to expand Gideon's vision of what's possible. Says the Lord said to him, but I will be with you. And you will, you shall strike down the Midianites, every one of them. God speaks to Gideon's insecurity. He opens up the possibility by saying, I'm with you. You cannot fail because I'm with you. He goes on, he says, now now I've found favor with you. Then show me a sign that it is you who's speaking with me. I love this. Because Gideon's beginning to shift his thinking now. Instead of looking for reasons and excuses that he can't be used, that it can't happen, what's he do? He starts looking for signs. Well, maybe this is possible. Someone needs to hear today. If you do God's will, whatever it is that God's pressing you with, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. You know, the apostle Paul, he would write in Romans eight thirty one. he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And Paul says, no one, no one can stand against God. Friends, when you have a God-given opportunity, whatever that opportunity is, and you feel God press you, You know, God, through the Holy Spirit, begins to remind you, you can do it. You can be more than you think. And when that happens, it changes you. You know, God God wants to use you in a significant way. It doesn't matter who you are. God does. 
And not only will God uh, encourage you, but God will affirm you, and God will begin to enlarge your vision and strengthen your faith for whatever it is that you face. And, And get this, we get this messed up a lot. Your faith, your faith is not about religion. It's about your relationship with God. You know, if you read uh, the entire story, Gideon, he starts talking to God. He starts considering the possibilities. And he got the, this, as the story unfolds, he uh, fixes a picnic lunch, all right? And he invites God to lunch. And through some miraculous events, you'll have to read the story later, but through some miraculous events, fire consumes the meal. Gideon, in that moment, realizes this is God. Now he's really afraid. Says, but the Lord said to him, remember, Gideon's afraid. Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it what? The Lord is peace. Hmm. So why, why did Gideon build an altar? Well, in the Old Testament, building an altar oftentimes it represented a commitment to God. See, Gideon's making a statement here. And Gideon wanted to be reminded about this moment down the road. And it's interesting that, that, that he names the altar, the Lord is peace. In the, in the Hebrew, it's Jehovah Shalom. Why did he do that? He's getting ready for battle. You know, the world around him is falling apart. It's in chaos. Sound familiar? Here's what I want to suggest to you. Peace is the result of committing to God. Peace is the result of embracing God's plan, whatever it is. Gideon felt peace. Maybe for the first time in a long time. In fact, I I would suggest maybe for the first time in his life. Before you're ready to fight those external battles, and we all have them, before you're ready to face tough times in life, before you're ready to boldly embrace that God-given opportunity that's before you, I believe you've got to have internal peace in your life first. And how do you get it? Well, you get it when you realize you're not alone. You know, when you understand God is with you and for you, You know, when you comprehend that God will help you with whatever it is that you're facing. Some of you don't have much peace these days. Because some of you are still resisting God's plan for your life. 
You're still trying to fight your battles on your own. Your way, not God's way. God has great plans. God has these great plans for Gideon, but Gideon first is being tested. You know, before God could, could use him, before God can use you in a significant way, God will test you. He'll see if you're willing to completely and fully obey. That's scary, isn't it? Israel, at this point, they're struggling with obedience as a nation. You know, in fact, at this point, Israel is kind of blending into culture. Israel's trying to worship God. Oh, yeah, and all the other idols that are out there. At the same time, they want to do both. God instructs Gideon. He says, Gideon, before you do anything else, I want you to go into your hometown, into your village, and I want you to cut down the idols, tear them down. The idols that your dad built, by the way. So Gideon goes in, tears down the altar of Baal, the idol of Asherah. He did it at night. I find this interesting. I I think he did it of a night because he's afraid of his family. He's afraid of people seeing what's going on. He's afraid of the townspeople. But he did it. Which got me thinking, what idols do you need to tear down in your life? See, God could not bless Gideon. God could not use Gideon in a significant way until Gideon was willing to be obedient. We don't like that word, do we? Until Gideon was willing to boldly follow God, was willing to risk the consequences that were before him because it was a test in his life. And the same thing's true in ours. God will test you to to see who or what is the God in your life. It's a test. It's a test. I mean, it might be a person. might be your career. Possession. Position. Whatever. God says, cut it down. I want total obedience. Show me what's most important to you. This is a tough test. I don't think we quite get it, you know. First of all, you've got to remember, his dad built the altar, all right? Gideon's going to break with his family's tradition. As I say that, some of you right now, you limit your God-given opportunities because you're worried about What are people going to think? Because you're concerned about uh, somebody might get upset. You know, for Gideon, this is a risky move. He's putting his life on the line. The the next morning, people wake up. they, They find that the idols have been torn down. 
says this, verse 29, says, So they said to one another, Who has done this? After searching and inquiring, they were told, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. Then the townspeople said to Joash, Bring out your son so that he may die. Friends, if you get serious, I mean really serious about serving God, expect you're going to have some conflicts in your life. Expect some confrontation. Not everybody's going to understand. Not everybody's going to cheer you on. You know, for Gideon, this situation is dire. His, his father, and it had to be the Holy Spirit working through, through his dad, kind of comes to his defense. He says, yeah, the kid's right. We shouldn't be compromising like we've been compromising. These, these idols, they're, they're worthless. All idols are worthless, by the way. How many of you have ever put something on a pedestal? You think it's so important. And then it falls off the pedestal. You realize it wasn't worth much? You ever had that? I mean, how many of you thought, I can't live without this? And so you glorify it. You work for it. You set it as your main goal and you sacrifice. And then you get it. And it's not as good as you thought it was going to be. That's how idols are. See, Gideon, Gideon's changing now. He's beginning to influence the people around him. And I believe that's what happens when you start living boldly for God. God changes you, and God uses that influence to make a difference. Friends, over time... Okay, not immediately, but over time. As you seize opportunities, as you follow, as you obey completely, as you sacrifice, what happens is the opportunities become more and more significant. They have more and more impact. They get bigger. You you first meet Gideon, Gideon, Gideon's hiding out. He's weak, he's insecure, he lacks confidence. But after Gideon is obedient and he steps up to the challenges that are before him and allows God to use him, everything changes. In fact, he's transformed by God. Scripture says, But the Spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon. So he sounds the trumpet and the people all come come out. See, God's working in Gideon and through Gideon. He takes possession of him. Now now Gideon's ready to serve. He's ready to be a leader. He has power. He has confidence. He's got strength. He can be used by God in a mighty way. Prince, power from God 
always comes after the test, not before. How many of you would like more power in your life? Maybe the power to break a bad habit. You know, power to face an obstacle in your life, a a trial, to face a challenge. You know, power to be stronger in your faith. One way you do it is you pass the test by being obedient to God. I just ask you, how do you handle trials? How do you handle the challenges in life? You crumble? Well, I don't crumble. All right, do you complain? Curse God? I mean, quit church? Bail on your faith? Can't believe God did this to me. Gideon embraces the opportunity. He had questions, but he obeyed. Gideon is preparing for this battle. Again, 135,000 enemy troops. Gideon blows the trumpet. And he asks, who will follow the Lord into battle? 32,000 step up and say, we will. We'll do it with you, Gideon. Now the story gets interesting. The Lord said to Gideon, the troops with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into the hands. It's too many. Israel would take credit anyway for me saying, my own hands delivered me. Now they're therefore proclaim this is the hearing of the troops. Whoever is fearful and trembling, let them return home. Thus Gideon sifted them out. 22,000 returned and 10,000 remained. So get the picture here. He's got 32,000. God says, too many. You got too many. Take your army down, you know. Take your army down to the river and we're going to we're going to go smaller. So he's got the 10,000 now cuz he said anybody afraid go home, so they went home. Now he takes them down to the river. He says, "Watch how they drink." And if if they lap up the water with their hands, Pay attention to who who does it. Gideon's watching. He sees 300 of them. He's like, oh, good. Only 300. God says, those are the ones you're keeping. The rest of them can go home. 9,700 go home. He's got 300. 300. It's... 450 to 1 odds here. Now it really gets interesting. I, I think the story just keeps getting better and better. Scripture, scripture says he divided the 300 men into three companies. He's getting ready to equip them. He put trumpets in the hands of all of them and empty jars with torches inside the jars. 
want you to think. You're the, one of those men. One of 300. A trumpet, a jar, and a torch. These are our weapons? I, I mean, I, I'm sure it's quite a conversation that takes place that day. But they went into battle as God instructed. Gideon gives the order. They, they blow the trumpets. They, they break the pots. And they shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. And scripture says that the enemy come undone. For the Lord and Gideon. You know, they, they go into to battle and they're prepared to, to fight. And God moves in a miraculous way here. Can you imagine that moment? I want you to just, just vision it. The Midianites, they wake up. They run out of their tents. They think it's a coup going on. They pull out their weapons. And in their confusion, they start fighting each other. 100,000 of them die. The Israelites, this 300 strong, they just watch. They watch the victory. And friends, it all starts because one guy, a guy named Gideon, seizes that God-given opportunity and it changes a nation. So here's my question for you today. Do you think... God could use you like he used Gideon. If you're sitting there going, well, no, I can't see God using me like that. That's why God can't. And here's a fact, just, just a fact. We always act in accordance with the way we see ourselves. So if you see yourself as shy, well, guess what? You'll be shy. If you see yourself as a victim, you'll wear it. If you see yourself as defeated, well, you will be. You will always live up or down to the view of yourself. And God will always start by trying to give you a new view of you. Some of you need some encouragement today. You know, so many times when we come to church, we, we talk about, you know, how we need to believe in God, and that's kind of a, a focus but some of you need to hear today, God believes in you. God believes in you. God's got a plan for you. In fact, God through the Holy Spirit is just whispering, going, I know you. I made you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I see the potential in you. And some of you keep limiting God 
and missing out on the God-given opportunities because of your own unbelief. Friend, let God give you just a glimpse of the potential of the possibilities in your life. Some of you need to trade in religion for a personal relationship with God. You know, no more meaningless rituals in your life. Talk to God. God, here's what's on my heart. Here's what's going on. Here's the struggle. Here's the challenge. If you, if you start having conversation with God regularly, there's something I, I will guarantee you. You will find you will get more God-given opportunities in your life, period. Some of you, well, some of you have been trying to fight the battle with your own power. Some, some of you are trying to seize opportunities with, with your own strength. And you're sitting there going, I don't know why I'm so tired. You know, I, I don't know why things don't work out for me. Friends, you need God's hand in your life. You need God's wisdom and God's strength and God's power. And if you just reach out with both your hands, you know, just reach out to God and to that opportunity, just boldly seize whatever it is that God's placed before you, and it changes everything. See, I do believe that there comes a time that everything falls in line with God's people when we serve God and when we follow God and when we faithfully say, here I am, God. That's why I get fired up because I know God's got a plan and I know God can handle whatever it is that that I'm facing. I, I just challenge you. I don't know what the opportunity is, but here's, here's what I do know. There's opportunities before you, God-given opportunities, and the question is, are you going to follow them? Are you going to seize them? Are you going to let God use you in a bold way? Some of you ought to put this on your refrigerator or on your phone, somewhere, just read it every morning. But Jesus said this, he says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever, whatever, anything. Whatever hard thing comes up, When the time comes, God will be there in the midst of it. God will see you through no matter what it is you're facing. So I I challenge you this morning just to look around you and see what opportunities God's placed before you. This is my best advice. You can question all you want, but at some point you just got to reach out and take it and seize it and trust God. If God's got a plan, God will make sure 
he sees it through. But he needs you. He needs you. So let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you today. God, I pray that um, this week that, uh, Lord, your Holy Spirit would just nudge and point, point out the opportunities that you've given. And God, I know for some, maybe it'll be the first time they've seen the possibility. But for many, Lord, that's probably been on the radar for a while. We've just dismissed it. Afraid to step forward and say yes. God, I pray that um, whatever the opportunity, that um, we would just boldly follow you, fully committed. Trust in you. God, we know you've got a plan. Help us to see your plan. Help us to be faithful to it. God, may the words that we say, things we do, be pleasing in your sight. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God's people said, We'll prepare for communion.